what do you want to da da da? I don't know. What do y'all think we should da da da? Well, what did we da yesterday? Hmm, yesterday. All the dolls feel like the same doll these dolls. I know. Like, is today Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. Oh no, I forgot to call my mom on her birthday. Oh no! No! These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. That won't change. Not to da or any da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. for this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast and guys it is the week of the British Grand Prix the home of Formula 1 and the home of almost every Formula 1 team except for Ferrari hey guys welcome to this week's episode and i must say this is actually the biggest sporting weekend of the year we have the cricket world cup we had the wimbledon finals and we have the british grand prix and not to forget we have the final round of the current formula e season kunal i have to ask are you going to watch all of this yes i at least plan to watch uh, wimbledon and the motorsport series that are there this weekend i know but you know our listeners from india are going to be a little upset to not see india make it to the finals of the world cup but guys i guess that's life yes i think it's like a more than a billion people were heartbroken a few days ago as uh, india lost to new zealand in the one day cricket match that actually lasted for two days thanks to rain also i think the silver lining in the dark cloud around india's non participation in the cricket world cup finals is that guys this sunday we will finally have a fan meet in mumbai it's happening yes uh, we are we're still working around the mechanics of the fan meet and the race screening of the british grand prix so please visit our facebook page Inside Line F1 podcast for more details. We will keep them sharing as things get confirmed. And I must thank Rajesh, Christopher, Vinayak, Sachin, and several other fans and listeners for reaching out to us via social media, inquiring about the fan meetup. So, if you're listening to us and are from Mumbai, please feel free to come and watch the race with us. Like I said, check details on Facebook. And that was actually a message on Twitter asking where the fan meet is going to be. Great so guys we have a lot to look forward to in this week's episode we're going to look at why rich energy should actually be partnering with mercedes and not even ferrari i don't know if rich energy should be a part of formula 1 altogether but why not uh what i would love to talk about is why roman grosjean shouldn't be involved in writing the 2021 rules and regulations because after hulkenberg and hamilton it's roman grosjean who's going to attend uh you know the 2021 rules meet i think next week sometime but guys remember to subscribe to us on iTunes Audio Boom Google Podcasts and pretty much every audio streaming platform for your weekly dose of formula 1 humor we're everywhere okay so lewis hamilton thinks that formula 1 should consciously work to avoid date clashes with one of the most iconic tennis events in history the wimbledon and i absolutely agree with our world champion I think this means that in the last week Lewis Hamilton is the only person who's been making comments to improve Formula 1. I really wonder if he's taken our advice of being Chase Carey's replacement very seriously. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, Toto Wolff versus Lewis Hamilton fighting to become the next CEO of Formula 1? Yeah, that's one battle I'd love to watch. Actually. Yeah, you know Wolff's statement last week was that uh, something that fell in a similar realm, you know. He said that he urged other Formula 1 teams to not 
down talk or talk down on the sport of formula 1 and uh, on that note there is one team that we all definitely need to talk about and we will focus a little bit more on and that's mclaren also home team home race for them yeah kunal for once uh, it's like less jokes and more substance because they've performed exceptionally well this season and they got the jump on everyone when it comes to finalizing the driver lineup for 2020 and i get this feeling that mclaren's driver lineup announcement was triggered by our episode from last week which was all about the 2020 silly season haha <laughs> i think you're right i actually do think you're right you know they they really thought that fernando alonso was in contention <laughs> in which case i must say i mean great move by McLaren they've got a setup that seems to be you know working finally so might as well just commit to retaining that setup for as long as they can and as early as they can but i'm sure that the fernando alonso uh, you know the rumors around his return to formula 1 they must have given lando norris and carlos sainz the shivers uh, because despite zac brown saying that mclaren would need to run three cars if alonso chose to return it's still fernando alonso Yes, uh, Fernando Alonso as you guys would also know his management has reached out to Red Bull Racing. Uh, they told Helmut Marko that Fernando is available for 2020 and McLaren of course have released a statement saying that they would not block Alonso if he chose to drive for a rival team next season and that if the opportunity came his way. Unfortunately in in the headlines the if wasn't in capital letters. Yeah. which is what it is <laughs> the fact is that alonso's career has actually been all about reunifications you know first with renault and then with mclaren but the question is that even if red bull racing wants alonso will honda agree i mean you know the japanese power unit manufacturer refused to give fernando alonso an engine a honda engine for his indy 500 attempt earlier this year so you you never know honestly yeah i'm really curious to see how this story develops through the uh, summer races but you know kunal it will be something if red bull racing do give wings to alonso's final flourish in formula 1 think of it i mean come on red bull racing just do it <laughs> i see what you did there everyone can gain inspiration from nike why not yeah i think the one driver that i really want to talk about in particular is carlos sainz Uh, guys, let's remember he was dropped by Red Bull Racing in favor of Pierre Gasly. Ouch! Yeah, yeah. Pierre yeah. Gasly, the over-discussed Formula One driver career, literally. Yeah, and uh, signs he was loaned to Renault, and then again he was a free agent to join McLaren. So quite a a checkered past he's had. But you know, I'll be frank. Um, when Nico Hulkenberg got you know the upper hand on signs at Renault, I kind of sold all the signs stock that I was holding, <laughs> all of it. You know, I sold my signs stock when he chose a multi-year deal at McLaren, and let's remember at that point, McLaren were the second slowest team in Formula One. So he literally went from being a contracted with the second fastest team, which was Red Bull Racing, to the second slowest team, and that's when I thought that's Ouch. probably the end of Carlos Signs. But uh, let's see how he actually gets going because it's Carlos Sainz. He also has a very famous last name to take care of. So all in all, really good news and good progress for McLaren. Uh, Kunal, they've set the benchmark in the midfield, and I'm so curious to see how they hold up in the second half of the season. Yes, but I must admit, and guys, you must know this as well. A lot of McLaren's pace and non-pace of the other teams is actually down to their understanding and use of the Pirelli tyres. The tricky. Pirelli tires of 2019 which you know pretty much every team want to revert back to the 2018 spec. So 
I am not taking anything away from McLaren, but I'm just stating a fact that they've actually worked harder than probably other teams in understanding the tyres and getting them to perform. At Austria, though, Kunal, the McLaren Senna car that uh, Gerard Berger was racing before the race or driving before the race, you know, those demonstration laps, the McLaren Senna actually caught fire. <laughs> you know, it seems that, that McLaren Senna was probably designed bases last year's Formula One car, you know, the one that. <laughs> Caught or kept yes. catching fire all along. <laughs> there have also been a string of uh, sponsorship announcements in the last few days. Rocket haven't given up uh, yet on Williams, you know, getting back to their glory days and all of that. They've extended their title sponsorship from three to five years. So either they're really optimistic or it's bloody cheap to sponsor Williams <laughs> right now. In that case, I propose like we have an inside line uh, logo on the Williams car. <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> but, you know, basically Rocket is just waiting and they're investing in using a headline saying Williams rocks it again or something like that in the future. <laughs> so, but... The, of course, uh, talking of sponsorship, the big talk in the paddock about sponsorships is, you know, rich energy and Haas. And I believe at the moment, no one knows the actual status of the relationship. You mean if Haas has received the money? <laughs> or, <laughs> or if their partnership is, you know, still continuing, which is where there's more fun in discussing. Is the partnership still continuing? Because there are so many mixed messages out there. Yeah, that's true. Because none of that money would anyway come to us if it does get paid. <laughs> so why bother? Yeah, you know, Rich Energy sent out a tweet saying that they are terminating their relationship with Haas bases their performance in Austria, where Kevin Magnussen <laughs> was actually competing with Williams. And uh, it's so strange, you know, that... Uh, the sponsor doesn't want to be seen in that position out there, which is, you know, second last or last, whatever. And Rich Energy have, of course, make it very, made it very clear that they want to be seen competing and beating Red Bull Racing. In that case, Rich Energy just needs to sign up with Mercedes, not even Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, Kevin Magnussen qualified fifth in Austria ahead of a Ferrari and a Red Bull Racing. Just saying, because, you know, since Austria has explicitly been stated in the tweet that we've all read and, you know, we've been laughing all over. Yeah, it's been the panic joke, literally. I mean, they, they're they really competing with us at the moment in terms of creating humour <laughs> around Formula 1. We got to up our game. Today. Yeah, and, you know, we're talking of a sponsor, Rich Energy, that actually got excited by the pre-season testing results. And I'm sure you guys remember their tweets from then as well. And now they're literally overlooking Kevin Magnussen's qualifying performance from Austria. So, can you imagine? If stra Rich strange are the ways of Formula One. Yeah, yeah but Kunal, I cannot imagine if Rich Energy actually uh, landed up buying Force India like they intended to. Can you believe it? Ouch. I yeah. mean, my, my loyalties with Force India are too strong for me to even think of that. <laughs> not funny for you, huh? But you know, for once, I'm just thankful, thankful that it was the Strolls and not Story who bought the team. <laughs> you know, I read on a motorsports group on WhatsApp that if Rich Energy would have bought Force India, would the employees be selling rich energy cans outside Silverstone this weekend? That was the question. Yikes, that... yikes, yikes. <laughs> okay, Kunal, so let's get back to the British Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton, do you think he's going to have his sixth victory coming up? I think so because Ferrari have already said that they do not expect themselves to be competitive at Silverstone like they were in Austria. But, you know, it's Hamilton's sixth win at Silverstone or Botas' sixth career win in Formula 1. I think those are the two obvious choices for all of us to choose from. Yeah, by the way, the DRS zone at Turn 1 has been removed from this year. 
Kunal, this is the same place where Marcus Ericsson and Romain Grosjean had accidents last year. Yes, I remember. And Formula One has basically decided to remove the DRS zone, the controversial DRS zone, even though the probability of a car crashing, you know, through that zone has been reduced by fifty percent. <laughs> That's true. Maybe even like 80-90%. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, we're still in that phase of the season where Roman Grosjean is blaming his bad luck time and time again. Yeah, and you know, if Roman Grosjean would have still crashed through that DR zone, he would have blamed Marcus Ericsson. But I cannot <laughs> believe how Grosjean spun at the end of the pit lane in FP1. It yeah. was such a strange moment. You know, as if the embarrassment surrounding the rich energy mess wasn't enough for Haas. You know. <laughs> And Grosjean also, like we said at the start of the episode, is going to be the next driver representative in the meeting to discuss the 2021 rule changes. And in my view, it's a bad choice because I really wonder if Roman Grosjean is going to be around himself to race the cars that he could end up making the rules for. That is a really good point. And I mean, for all you know, or all we know, Grosjean could make like anti-spinning software compulsory for all cars. <laughs> And Sebastian Vettel might just second that proposal. Now, now, that is predictable. But guys, also remember that the pit stop delta at Silverstone is 29 seconds or thereabouts. It's one of the longest on the calendar, if not the longest, I guess. This means that Ferrari's mechanics may have a few seconds extra to bring their tires, you know, at the very last second, given how they've been facing radio issues. Yet one more time. <laughs> And for the British Grand Prix, Red Bull Racing have signed up to promote James Bond. Zero zero seven. We're going to see the racing cars have the uh, James Bond. Yeah, the double o seven logos yeah, instead yes. of the Aston Martin logos. And in my view, the bigger promotion was actually for the sport of cricket because Formula One drivers played cricket. At Silverstone, you mean they tried to play? <laughs> <laughs> I mean they did try to, and poor lads because they are not really exposed to the sport of cricket. But I believe I saw Daniel Ricciardo. He was able to connect the bat to the ball, something that a lot of other drivers struggle to do. So, but you know, I think, I think this it helps that he's from a cricket playing country. Yeah, I mean yeah. to think of it, there's George Russell, Lando Norris, uh, Lewis Hamilton, of course, cricket playing country. Anyone else that you can remember? Because I saw Kevin Magnussen trying his hand at cricket, <laughs> and Nico Hulkenberg, Roman Grosjean yeah. as well, and uh, none of them. But anyway, thus you know, a very fantastic promotion for the sport of cricket because definitely Formula One is being watched by far more million fans around the world than. Cricket. Yeah, a walk down memory lane. So Force India had done a similar proportion around cricket in India in what 2013. And guys, that's where I met Kunal for the first time. Yes, and we had uh, Adrian Suttle and Paul Deresta play cricket for fun. You know, with the players of the Royal Challengers Bangalore team, the the team, uh, both the teams that were at that time owned by Vijay Malia. And believe it or not, actually, for those who follow cricket, uh, Adrian Suttle ended up hitting the stumps. Twice while he was bowling, along with uh, bowling legend from South Africa, Alan Donald. Wow! You know, guys, this is exactly what happens in India during these two, three weeks when the World Cup is going on. All conversations just land up going towards cricket. <laughs> But there is a large-scale furor around the delayed broadcast of the British Grand Prix in India. And this actually now leads me to talk about the five-point agenda that Lewis Hamilton has devised to save Formula One. And I'm not going to read through all of them; just a quick browse through. He said to involve the drivers and to remove all the teams from any and every decision making. And then he, of course, said something really interesting, which was to scrap all plans to make the cars heavier and slower. 
I think the one point that really stood out from me from what Hamilton said uh, was that the sport really needs to work with the drivers and with Pirelli to make tires that can be pushed to the limit every single lap. Basically, reduce tire management. And if Lewis Hamilton does become the CEO of Formula One, I wonder if he will be the one to lead Formula One with a merger with Formula E because you know he's all about sustainable living enough you know all of that maybe it's going to be about sustainable racing <laughs> plant based diet <laughs> and and remember guys he's also just sold off his private jet Yeah there were uh, photographs of Hamilton queuing up to board a regular commercial aircraft to get to the British Grand Prix. Yes. Could I want to be cool if we're flying, you know, in the same uh, aircraft as Lewis Hamilton. I'd love that. And we'll just do a podcast with him mid-air, you yeah. know, like. Yeah. <laughs> and I I don't know if this is part of his sustainability agenda or not, but he's gone and unfollowed <laughs> everyone on Instagram as of the Austrian Grand Prix. Um I'm wondering what his next move on social media will be because as of the Friday of the British Grand Prix his count of following was still zero. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what his move is going to be. You yeah. know, it's probably easy to predict what his move is going to be entering turn 1 of Silverstone if he qualifies P2 and all of that but <laughs> not on social media but since we are on the topic of saving Formula 1 Bernie Ecclestone the the original uh, emperor and the king of the sport. he shared his plans of saving formula 1 as well but it was just so complex that i couldn't go beyond like the third point and i wouldn't even bother boring you guys you know with it because like he said you know we don't want to make formula 1 boring one more time and that's what i would end up doing to the podcast if i read out what ecclestone wants to do with the sport yeah i'm glad you're not in that case anyway guys closing notes before i hand it over to lucian for his moments in time section Our research threw up that Christian Horner raced with Max Verstappen's mother Sophie back in the late 80s. How cool is that? That's really cool. Uh Formula 1 will use the platform of golf to support a breast cancer organization. And Kunal, this is really impressive given how Formula 1 can be seen as such a male sport in every other way. That's interesting. Yeah, I remember this is going to be around the the American Grand Prix later on in the year. Great. So, over to Lucian for his fantastic moments in time section. Welcome to Moments in Time on the Inside Line with Lucian Byfield. Today, we shall look back on the history of the British Grand Prix. Over the years, the Brits have fared pretty well with Jim Clark and Lewis Hamilton winning 5 times, Nigel Mansell 4 times, Sterling Moss and David Coulthard and Jackie Stewart winning twice, although Moss did share one of his victories with Tony Brooks. Such were the rules back in the day when you could swap cars mid-race. And let us not forget James Hunt winning in his championship year, only to be stripped of the win after the rabid crowd had demanded he take the restart when not really allowed to. He did win the race in 1977 as world champion. John Watson was to win in 1981, and it turned out to be the first win for a carbon fiber monocoque. Nigel Mansell was to get his first win on home soil in Brands Hatch '85, but it was not called the British Grand Prix. Nigel features heavily in the history of this race, be it his first finish of the '88 season in the Williams Judd, an underpowered, unreliable car. What about his retirement antics in 1990, when, after taking pole, retiring with glitches, and being beaten by his teammate Prost, he announced that for the first time in his life he was going to put his family first? <laughs> Terrible there. <laughs> he started his announcement with, "I'm sorry." How can I not mention 1987? In a series of fastest laps, breaking the track record repeatedly, Mansell was to catch, dummy, and pass Piquet for the lead. His engine even had a meltdown on the cooling down lap. 
Cross would win for four teams and four engines in 83 for Renault, in 85 for McLaren Tag Porsche, in 89 for McLaren Honda, in 90 for Ferrari, and in 93 for Williams Renault. One of the greatest disgraces in Formula One history is when Michael Schumacher and his Ferrari team took advantage of a loophole in 1998. Michael, late in the race, was given a drive-through penalty and took his drive-through at the end of the last lap. He was awarded the race win. Aussies Jack Brabham and Mark Webber shone in the UK too. Blackjack was to win three times, Webber was to give us a wonderful soundbite in 2010. As he crossed the line, Christian Horner congratulated him, and he replied by saying, not bad for a number two driver. Michael Schumacher broke his leg in 99. Ayrton Senna was to break down three years in a row at the same corner, which ironically in that third year had a banner held up by a fan offering parking for Mr. Senna. Sterling Moss, to this day, does not know whether he beat Fangio fair and square in 1955 or if Fangio let him win. Fangio was never to affirm this fact, just stating that Moss was the man that day. What about that crazy protester in 2003, or lunatic as James Allen called him, who ran onto the track bringing out the safety car? In closing, let us remember 1994. Damon Hill, mounting a serious title challenge against Michael Schumacher, was to fill the family trophy room with its one and only British Grand Prix trophy, because his father, Graham, never won there. Now the race was controversial with, of course, Michael Schumacher. Mickey the Shoe was to pass Damon on the warm-up lap, not allowed. But there was a restart, and guess what? Michael did it again. It was some kind of psychological game. In the end, Damon would win on track, Shuey would come second, but later be disqualified. Damon got congratulated by none other than the Princess of Wales, Lady Diana. Well, that's it for Moments in Time on the Inside Line. Catch you later. Thank you, Lucien. It's always so interesting to hear all these historical perspectives. My favourite, and I of course didn't know this before I heard Lucien's segment, was when Alan Prost won uh, the British Grand Prix with four different teams and four different engines. And the one that I of course remember was when Michael Schumacher won the race in the pit lane. Like, that just took the cake away, f you know, for me. Can you imagine there was a time when Ferrari were literally at their strategic best in Formula 1? I really like hearing about uh, Senna's three retirements at the same corner and the fan banner offering parking for the Brazilian. <laughs> that was really cool. Uh, thank you, Lucy. And you know, it's so much fun to listen to your historical research for each and every Grand Prix. Thank you. Kunal, so this is where I ask you to make your predictions for Silverstone. And, you know, I must warn you that Formula One is really playing up Silverstone's new uh, tarmac. And they're citing this as a reason to expect the unexpected. And then there's always everyone at Mercedes who keeps talking about how difficult the task <laughs> is ahead of them. You know, somebody should actually make a website. How afraid are Mercedes of Ferrari before every Grand Prix weekend? And we'll have so many courts trying to say that how Ferrari is caught up and Red Bull are strong and it's going to be a task ahead, you know, for Mercedes and all of that. Because that's all we keep hearing, how Ferrari and Red Bull racing are still a threat. But uh, since we are waiting for predictions from me, I think it's going to be Lewis Hamilton clinching his sixth win in Silverstone. And it's going to be Lance Stroll who will exit for, I think, the 14th consecutive race of his career. He'll exit from Q1, of course. Okay, I'm going to stick my neck out a little bit. I'm going to say it's going to be a Valtteri Bottas victory mm -hmm. and uh, a Roger Federer win at Wimbledon and a Jean-Éric Wern win in Formula E. Wow. Take that. Interesting. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you a few days after the British Grand Prix. Adios. Adios.